Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Bible's up. Let's make that confession of faith tonight. I need you to make sure that you're around some faith people. So I'm going to say something, and I need you to just make sure if you're in the building that whoever's around you, you just make sure that they're responding right. If they don't respond right, it's okay. Just go switch seats because everybody ain't coming to your cookout. So I need some of you to learn how to just bust the move now. I need you to make this declaration and say, and my next six months, my best six months, now check the people around you and make sure that you got some praisers. I'm not playing. I said check them. And if they're not praising, it's a good opportunity to go sit somewhere else. I've been through too much hell. I cried too many tears. I've had too many sleepless nights. I wish I had some people in the building and online that say I will not be denied in my next six months. Come on, say, I will not be denied in my next six months. Bible's up. Let's go. For God's glory, this is my best year yet to the word I'm about to hear. I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it in Jesus' name. Amen. God, we're open, and God, we're ready. Speak now. I take authority over this atmosphere. I take authority over this atmosphere in the building and online. And I say, God, let your spirit be with us. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I rebuke frustration. I rebuke aggravation. I rebuke every distraction. I rebuke every spirit that would try to interfere with the flow of the word. I shut you down and I send you back to hell where you came from. But the only spirit in the building and the only spirit online is the Holy Spirit. And I need you to welcome him Wednesday. I said I need you to welcome him Wednesday. How do you welcome him? You welcome him with your praise and you welcome him with your worship. Come on, Atlanta. 
YouTube, you welcome him with your praise and you welcome him with your worship. You welcome him with your praise and you welcome him with your worship. Come on, Wednesday, say, Lord, you're welcome. Say it again, say, Lord, you're welcome. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Grab a seat. Let's go to work. So we're in this new series we started on Sunday, July 4th weekend, called Summer Songs. We're learning some biblical principles from summer songs. And on Sunday, it wasn't a song, but it was a popular summer event, uh, which is called the Summer Cookout. And I taught you how one cookout, somebody say one cookout. It changed Saul's life for the better forever. And I need you to hear me. For some of you, you keep thinking it's going to take um, this big thing to happen for you. I'm here to tell you God can take one small and seemingly insignificant thing and it can be the game changer for you. I, I need you to elbow somebody close to you and say one small thing is going to change everything for you. Uh-uh, uh-uh, so Please make sure you sit next to somebody that's got some faith. Elbow the other person say, one small thing is going to change everything for you. It was one cookout that changed Saul's life for the better forever. And I need you to hear me clearly tonight, Wednesday. Anything we see God do for anyone in the Bible, he can do the same for you. The reason we're given the word is so that it gives us a preview into what God has the ability to do for us. See, if I see Peter do it, I can do it. If I see Abraham do it, I can do it. If I see Moses do it, I can do it. If I see Jesus do it, Jesus said it like this. Greater things than these that he did what you and I also do, which means anything I see in the Bible, it's available for me, which means if he healed a woman because she touched his garment, he can heal a woman today. He can heal a man today. I wish you'd open your mouth and say anything he does for another, he can do for me. Uh, one day, Peter needed some money to pay his taxes. And you know what he did? He didn't worry. He didn't get stressed out because he was a faithful giver. The Lord told him, go do what you do, Peter, and you're going to find some money in the mouth of a fish. In other words, I don't need you stressed about anything ever because I've got all power and ability in my hand. You, Our God is not some weak pansy that does not have the ability to make things happen. Our God is king of kings and he's lord of lords and anything I see him do for another, somebody say he can do the same thing for me. Romans 2.11 says, for God shows no partiality. And what does that mean? That's no uh, arbitrary uh, favoritism. Uh, with him, one person is not more important than another. Which means God says, anything you see me do for somebody else, you just need to do what they do and you can get the same results. The issue is many people want what you have, but they won't do what you do. Many people want greatness, but they won't pay the price for greatness. Many people want to see God do amazing things, but they're not willing to do something equally amazing to sacrifice. Uh, in the scripture, I showed you when Saul followed Samuel's instructions. Who was Samuel? Samuel was Saul's spiritual father, his shepherd, a man of God that Saul was assigned to. What does the Bible say happened to him? In 1 Samuel 10 and 6, the Bible says suddenly. On three, everybody shout suddenly. One, two, three. The Bible says, suddenly the Spirit of the Lord will take control, watch me, not of what's going on around you, 
but it will take control of you. Watch this. God says, sometimes I don't need to change what's going on around you. I just need to change the you because if I change you, you're going to look at what's going on around you differently. Sometimes it ain't your job that needs to change. It's the way you look at it. Sometimes it's not your family that needs to change. It's the way you look at them. Sometimes it's not your city that needs to change. It's the way you look at it. Sometimes the issues around you are not what needs to change, but it is you that needs to change. And when Samuel gave him instructions, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord is going to take control of you, and you will become a what? A different person, which means this wasn't about me getting something from God. This was about God making me into somebody new and I'm going to tell some of you all you do not have time to waste trying to change this change is going to have to be sudden you're not going to have weeks and weeks and weeks and hours and hours and hours and months and months and months to change. You're going to have to do it, and you're going to have to do it quickly. You're going to have to get over your fear, and you're going to have to do it quickly. You're going to have to get over your depression, and you're going to have to do it quickly. You're going to have to come out of grief, and you're going to have to do it quickly. I wish you'd open up your mouth and say it one more time. Shout suddenly. Suddenly, the spirit of the Lord will take control of you. In other words, he says, you're going to start doing things you've never done. You're going to start speaking things you've never spoken. You're going to start asking for things you never asked for. You're going to start walking ways that you've never walked. You're going to start handling business in a way that you've never handled business. Why? Because God, when God shows up, God does not take sides. When God shows up, God takes over. And he says, when he does this, you're going to become a totally different person. And who did he become? He became the first king. Watch me. Not just in his family, but he became the first king of Israel ever. What if what God wanted to do in you and through you was bigger than just your family, but he wanted you to be the first woman to do it? Okay. He wanted you to be the first man to do it. He wanted you to be the first African-American to do it. He wanted you to be the first whatever you are to do it. He's the first king. He's the wealthiest. He's the most honored. He's the game-changing history maker. Why? Because Samuel gave him instructions, and he followed those instructions. And when he follows those instructions, it changes the game because he becomes a different person. Wouldn't it be a shame, Harvest, for you to have a Samuel, but you never, ever turn into a Saul? Wouldn't it be a shame for you to get instructions every Sunday, every Monday, every Wednesday, and when you look at your situation, you keep asking God to change it, and God says, I sent you to a Samuel to change you, because if I change you, you got the ability to change everything going on around you. I wish you fist bump somebody and say, you got to change. You got to. Because if you're different, things are different. If you have shalom, then you'll see shalom in everything you go through. If you are a gladiator, then everything you see, you won't see it as an obstacle. You'll see it as something that's trying to get me to where I'm going. If you don't live in fear, every day you wake up, you'll say, I'm not living scared today. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I walked you through on Sunday, how did Saul get to this stage? How did Saul get to this place where he is this insignificant guy uh, from this small tribe called Benjamin to taking the throne of Israel? I told you that Saul's name in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament, it literally means asked for. Let me see if I can translate it. Prayed for. Which means Saul is not only you in the story, but Saul also represents what you asked for. Saul also represents what you prayed for. Come on. 
Watch me. Uh, he is the son of a man named Kish. And Kish's name in Hebrew means power. And the Bible says that Kish is a wealthy and influential man. Hear me Wednesday. Uh, I don't care about your natural bloodline. From a spiritual standpoint, uh, your father is God. And he is powerful and he is wealthy and he is influential. If God leans on somebody, they ain't got no choice but to move over. And I'm going to tell some of y'all in these next six months, God's about to use his influence on somebody to benefit you. They're going to say, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I got to do it for you. I don't know why I'm writing this check, but I got to write it for you. I don't know why I'm opening this door, but I got to open this door for you. Come on, open up your mouth. Say, God's about to lean on somebody for my benefit. He's going to use his power. <laughs> For my benefit, he is a powerful, wealthy, influential man. All right, so Saul, who's Saul in the story? All right, you're the son of power. You're the son of wealth, son of an influential man. He's from the tribe of Benjamin. What's the tribe's name? Benjamin. And he is sent to find Kish's donkeys. The Bible says that one day his father's donkeys venture off. They literally stray. It's amazing how when you do not pay close attention to something, things can get off. Sometimes you have to be careful that when you start doing well that you do not get careless. Sometimes you have to be careful that you don't, watch me, can I say this with love, Denver? Sometimes you can't let the fact that you didn't for good make you think that you can't do better. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. You can't y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me, but I'm right about it. You cannot get stagnant and think that you cannot do better and you cannot be better. Because my question is, why was there nobody watching the donkeys in the first place? Why was there nobody protecting what was valuable in the first place? It suggests that Kish had gotten sloppy because he was successful. And I pray that as you do better, that you do not do worse. I pray that as you're successful, that we are not sloppy. Open your mouth Wednesday and say, I will not get sloppy in the midst of success. Come on, say, I'll get better and better and better and better. He was sent to find these donkeys, Kish's donkeys. And these donkeys represented three things. Number one, a sign of the blessing, all right? Which means the predicated upon how blessed you were, we could see that in the amount of donkeys that you had, right? Number two, it represents a luxury car. What's a car? It represents your mobility. It is your ability to have mobility. It is your ability to have mobility, which means not only are you blessed, but it means you can get to where you want to go and you can take who you want to take with you. See, some of y'all watch me. While you're complaining, you're acting like you don't have mobility. I wish you'd look over at somebody next to you and tell them, say, you have options. You have. It's a sign of the blessing. It, it represents a luxury car. That's why Jesus, when Jesus rode into the city, what did he ride on? On a donkey. Because in the Hebrew culture, everybody knew you were declaring, I have mobility. Watch me. And I have options. I'm choosing to come to the city to let them crucify me. Don't get it twisted. You don't have that kind of power over me. See, some people think that because you don't say nothing that, you, that, that they got you. You have just matured to the point to where every crazy comment doesn't require a response. Every crazy message doesn't require a response. And just because I didn't say something does not mean that you got me. I wish you'd look over at somebody one more time, please. 
And so you don't have to respond to everything. You don't. Sometimes you need to let crazy play with themselves. Go over there and do your crazy stuff over there. I ain't got nothing to say. Sign of the blessing. A luxury car, then strength. Say strength. So what did Kish lose? He lost his ability to have mobility. He lost the blessing. He lost his strength. Who does he send to find it? Saul. Who Saul? You. You have been sent on a journey to recover something that the previous generations of your bloodline lost. And you had to be sent to recover it. Why? Because you were the one that would have the ability to pay the price. You would be the one that would, uh, watch me, make the sacrifice in order to recover. All right? Somebody say, I am Saul. He goes to find these donkeys with one servant. And they go to four different places. The first place is called Ephraim. Say Ephraim. Ephraim in Hebrew, it means a high place where you were formerly fruitful. The first place they look for the blessing, the first place they look for their ability to have mobility, the first place that they look for uh, strength was in their past. And it's crazy because when you get bored, you'll start reaching for who you used to reach for. When your strength begins to wane, have you ever noticed how you begin going through your phone to see who you can message? I wish some of y'all would stop looking at me like that. Um, literally, the first place they went was their past. Second place they went were these three idols or false gods. And what is a false god? God is not God's name. God is a sixth century Germanic term, which comes from the word gudon, which means source. Somebody say source. Now, they literally go to three different places to try to be their source. And, and what does this look like for us today? It looks like addictive behavior. Anything that we go to to try to replace God, and I need to say this with as much strength and boldness as I can, there's a lot of, watch me, people who are looking to other things to try to replace God, like it's Jesus and let me tell you why that's crazy. Because if you were married, you wouldn't say, well, I got my wife and a gal. You know, in the South, you say a gal. You would say, wait a minute. If, if this isn't enough, then I tell you what, we'll just have that. And it's a lot of people who are doing Jesus and other stuff as if God's not enough. And here's what's crazy. You haven't even done all of what his word says, yet you're trying other stuff. You're not even faithful to what the Bible says and you trying other stuff. And you'd rather take the word and the opinion of a man than you would of the God of all men. I wish there were some people in this building that could say, I thank God for other things, but don't get it twisted. I'm going to God first. I, I wish you'd open up your mouth and say, he is first in my life. You ready? Here we go. Number three, Shalim. This means foxes or jackals. This means what? Foxes or jackals. Now pay attention. Um, foxes in scripture were often associated with being cunning, deceitful. Um, they, they were often associated with ruining things. And you didn't know that they'd ruined it until they'd done it. So the first place they go is their past. Second place they go is they're trying all these other things. So look, their job becomes their source. Sex becomes their source. People's opinions becomes their source. All these other things become their source. That doesn't work. Then they go to a place where they're dealing with deceptive people. Here's the trip. Sometimes you can be self-deceived. So sometimes the greatest deception doesn't come from people around you. 
Sometimes the greatest deception comes from you because you've convinced yourself that it ain't what it is. So in other words, they're walking around trying to find their strength, trying to find their ability to have mobility, trying to find the blessing, and they are deceived, watch me, into thinking that everybody else is the problem but them. Everybody else crazy but them. Y'all not going to say nothing. Everybody else is why they don't have what they want. And can I tell you this Wednesday, as long as you live in blame, your life is always going to be lame. I, I wish you look at somebody and say, tell them, say, don't be lame. Don't be lame. You cannot blame everybody else. At some point, you're going to have to take responsibility for your own life and say, listen, I can't change my past, but I can change my future based on what I do in my present. Fourth place they go is to Benjamin. And this is interesting. Everybody listen very carefully now. Fourth place they go is to where? Benjamin. The Bible literally says they go to the entire land of Benjamin. And why is that significant? Because what tribe are they from? Benjamin, which means where is he looking for his strength? Where is he looking for his ability to have mobility? Where is he looking for the blessing? Amongst his relatives and family. And for many of you, watch me, this will be the final letdown before breakthrough. You people. This will be the final breakdown before breakthrough. He's looking amongst his own relatives and family, and he cannot find what it is that they're looking for. And sometimes one of the greatest disappointments that we can have is that we set expectations for people that they have proven they do not have the ability to produce. So he's looking amongst his relatives and family, and he cannot find the donkeys. And then the Bible says, you ready? Finally. <laughs> First Samuel 9 and 5, say finally. They entered Zuf. And Zuf is interesting because Zuf has two different meanings. The first, it means the land of Samuel. In other words, Samuel's notoriety was so significant that in that region, they named that region for him. They said because his voice determines what happens in this region. All right? It means the land of Samuel. But then secondly, it means honeycomb. And a honeycomb, watch me, it means that I'm going to be rewarded for whatever journey I've been on. Before the bee ever gets to the honey, there is a process where a bee has to go through a journey. They're jumping from flower to flower. They're pollinating, et cetera, et cetera, to get to the place where honey is produced. And for some of you, I'm so glad you did not give up on one, two, three, or four. Because when they get to the fifth place, when they get to Zup, and what is five? Five is the biblical number of grace. It is the biblical number of favor. It is the biblical number of supernatural. It, it means, watch me, if I outlast this enemy, I'll get to grace, I'll get to favor, I'll get to supernatural. Can I get you to lay your hands, not on anybody else, but on yourself? Say, I'm so glad you didn't give up. Come on, Wednesday, encourage yourself. Say, I'm so glad you didn't quit. It's about to be honey. Come on. Oh, my God. Come on, y'all. Say, it's going to be rewarding. It's going to be sweet. Finally, they entered Zuff, honeycomb. And Saul said this. What did Saul say? Let's go home. Now, what's crazy about you and I 
is that we will go through all of what we go through to get to what we prayed for. And when we get to what we prayed for, that's when we want to quit. Have you ever noticed um, that sometimes, um, how many people work out in the building? You work out in the building. <laughs> All right. Let's use a different analogy. How many, how many people eat in the building? All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed um, that um, like when you get to that last good greasy bite, That good greasy bite. Okay, so I, I had a I had a I had a bank take me to uh, lunch today, and and, and uh, um, just lay your hands on yourself. Say your business will be coveted. <laughs> lay your hands on yourself. Say your name's about to be brought up. Say, you're going to be sought out. So, so Wednesdays are my, where I eat whatever I want days. So, I eat whatever I wanted. And this bread, oh my. It's a restaurant, and they used to have the bread, and then you'd spread the butter. <laughs> they changed it up. They brought this platter of bread that had all of this honey butter melted all over it. <laughs> when I saw that, I said, this is about to be an amazing lunch. I just, this is going to be good. So, 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 and then the middle piece is left. The middle piece has all of the honey butter from all, come on. Why y'all acting like y'all don't know about that middle piece? So I'm down to the, I'm down, you know, down to it, and, and I'm like, oh my God. And that middle piece is sitting there, and I'm looking at it, and it's looking at me. And I'm looking at it, and it's looking at me. And then we look back and forth at one another. And then I'm like, I don't want no more. Look at me. When I got to, and you know, now the truth is, I could have ate it. But then I would have been so full to where you get tired. I would have walked in church. Good evening, church. Good evening. <laughs> praise him. Praise him. Come on, y'all like the video. Share, you know. <laughs> it takes energy to preach to Denver. I love you. It takes energy to preach. This is who I am. I'm an energy guy. So I got to this last piece, Tony. When I get to this last piece, I'm like, oh, my God. You look so good. It's greasy. And I was like, I'm so into you. I don't know what I'm going to do. You changed my point of view. And when I got to the good piece, I didn't want it. Look at me. What's crazy about us is that sometimes... We will get to the good part and then say, I'm done. Right before things turn for you, then you'll pull back. Right before you were going to get breakthrough, then you'll pull back. I need you to make this declaration. Say, not this time. 
I need you to have a Saul spirit Wednesday. I will not turn back this time. Please open your mouth and say, I will not turn back this time. Saul said, let's go home, verse 6. But the servant said, I just thought of something. The servant is never named. He's not, he's not a son of Kish. He's not royalty. He is a servant that is unnamed. And hear me, in these next six months, God is going to use people, watch me, to give you the right idea at the right time. Because one idea at the right time, watch me, is going to be the game changer for you. He says, I just thought of something. There is a man of God. He can tell us which way to go. Verse 8 says, I have one small silver piece. Because they're like, well, we can't go to the man of God and not offer him something. We, don't, we cannot ask to be blessed and not blessed. I said, we got one small silver coin. And sometimes you may think, well, that's not a significant seed. But what you don't understand is it's not just about the significance of the seed. It's the sacrifice that makes the seed significant. There was a woman that the Bible says she literally gave two mites, which is a half of a penny. And you know what Jesus said? She's got more faith than those that were putting more money in because she gave, watch me, not out of her abundance, but she gave in spite of her lack. And I came to tell some of y'all tonight, God says, I don't care what it looks like for you to see what you want to see. You're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to sow in order to see. Still with me? You still with me? One release created increase. One small release at that created increase. Verse 10, Saul agreed and said, let's try it. So watch me. So we got one right idea at the right time. And now we got one try. Say one try. What's crazy is that sometimes we are scared to try as if we have data that suggests we'd fail. I'll say it again. Sometimes we're scared to try as if we have data that would suggest we would lose. I'll say it a third time. How are you scared to fail when there's nothing that suggests that failure would be an option for you? Well, you know, what is somebody going to say? They don't know what they're doing either. Well, you know, I just, I don't want to be embarrassed in front of my family. You, you worried about impressing them? Well, you know, I just don't want to feel stupid. Oh, you want to feel stuck. You can deal with the pain, watch me, of stagnation. Or you can deal with the pain of trying. Both of them are going to be painful. But I'd at least be able to say, well, I tried. Say one try. The Bible says Saul agreed and said, let's give it a try. Let's try it. Verse 17. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said, that's the man that I told you about. God literally had prepared Samuel for Saul. Hear me. In these next six months, there are people that God has already prepared for you that when they see you, they're going to say, Harvest, there's a whole city that when they see that V, they're going to say, that's the place I'm, y'all not saying nothing to me. I need you to open up your mouth and say, in these next six months, when they see me, they're going to see me. 
That's the man I told you about. This is the house I told you about. This is the business I told you about. This is the opportunity I told you about. This is the property I told you about. This is the job I told you about. This is the relationship I told you about. This is the man I told you about. This is the woman I told you about. This is the employee I told you about. I pray God put your face in the middle of people's dreams. I pray God put your face in the middle of people's visions. I pray God put your face in the middle of people's minds so when they see you, they will see you. Come on and, come on and say it. I'm the one. Samuel said, or the Lord said to Samuel, that's the man I told you about. That's him. Somebody say one thought. You only need one person to have one thought that can shift everything for you. This is why your attitude matters, because you never know when you're being interviewed. You, 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 you never know when somebody is looking at you to determine how they're going to bless you. And, and while you were having stank face and stank attitude and not touching your neighbor and all that, and, 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 and I'm not saying that in, in, in any other way except in love. And, and while you mad sitting on your job, got a nasty disposition, a nasty face, and while you serving nasty, you didn't know that God was speaking to somebody about buying you a car, but they saw how you didn't do right, and they said, I ain't finna do nothing for you. This is why your attitude matters, because watch me, if it takes one thought to favor you, it also takes one thought to say, I'm not doing it now. I'm over it now. Come on, open your mouth. Say, Lord, put me in somebody's thoughts. Uh-uh, I need you to say that thing. Like, I need you to say that thing like you're going to be on somebody's mind. Come on, say what authority. Say, Lord, put me in somebody's thoughts that has the power to bless me. You don't just need to be on the minds of people who want something from you. You need to be on the minds of people that can do something for you. You've done a whole lot for a whole lot of people. And can I tell you, in this next season of your life, these next six months, God says, I'm going to put you on the mind of somebody that can hook you up. Of somebody that can be a blessing to you. Of somebody that can open a door for you. Say it again Wednesday. Say, Lord, put me in somebody's thoughts tonight. Now don't wait until you hear from him. I need somebody to praise him now. And your phone's about to ring and your email's about to blow up and your DM's about to blow up and it ain't gonna be from people wanting something from you. It's gonna be from people who wanna do something for you. Bishop, how do you know that? Because Samuel didn't need Saul. I'll say it again. Samuel didn't need Saul. Saul needed what Samuel had. Because in the scripture, watch me, the man of God was greater than the king. He was the king maker. Pay attention. In these next six months, a lot of your relationships, the first six months, have been people who needed something from you. In these next six months, it's going to be people who will say, I don't need nothing from you. Ooh, but you need what I got. <laughs> say it one more time. Shout one thought. Look at this. So then he invites him to the cookout. We're almost to where we want to go. We will eat there together 
and I'll tell you what you want to know. So Samuel invites him to the cookout. They have a cookout that, look at me, that's already scheduled. Now, pay close attention. If you don't shout off for this, I'm going to get you a rattler or something. Ready? Listen carefully, please. Um, Kim, you're going to be soft. If Kish doesn't lose the donkeys, Saul never leaves the house. What if God started the trouble? What if God started the problem? What if God made them do you dirty? What if God made them act a fool with you? Y'all not saying nothing. Why? Because you never would have left the house. You never would have went on your journey unless somebody forced you out. I need you to help on somebody and say, God started this. God started this. This ain't the devil. That's why when you fast and pray, nothing changes about certain things. Because God says, you can't rebuke me. I started this. Listen, if the donkeys are never lost, so what does that mean? He has to make somebody not on their assignment so they're not watching the donkeys. Somebody has to be trifling. Y'all not hear me? See, God is so into you. He's so into the details that God says, you thought that trifling person was just there to give you hell. I used them to agitate you to take action. So what happens? If, the, if somebody's not off their assignment, that means the donkeys are never lost. So there has to be somebody trifling that's not doing what they're supposed to do that makes the donkeys leave. And the donkeys leave. And when the donkeys leave, watch me, why didn't he send a servant to do it? Why would you send your son to go get your donkeys when you have obviously a number of servants that can do the work? See, for many of you, God says, I want to see how you're going to handle doing what's beneath you. I don't like some of y'all silence, and you're about to make me get real thuggish. See, there's some things that you'll be like, well, I sh-, you know, the truth is, I don't mind, but I shouldn't have to. Well, watch me. If you are too good to do it, then you're too good to have victory. There are certain things God says, I want to see how you're going to handle doing what you think is beneath you because I need to teach you some humility to teach you that whatever you're told to do, you better do it and you better do it with a smile. Elbow somebody next to you and say, do it and do it with a smile. I know you're the CEO and you shouldn't have to clean the restrooms. You got people to do it. But sir, you better go get that toilet bowl scrubber and scrub that time. I know you're the leader and you shouldn't have to do it. But sometimes you got to get down on your knees and you got to get dirty. Because if you can get dirty, then God can trust you with deliverance. So Saul, you got to go do what's really what you shouldn't have to do. You ready? You got to put up with what you shouldn't have to put up with. And you better do it well. Because if you don't do it well, watch me, your timing is going to be off. So the donkeys are lost. And when the donkeys are lost, somebody trifling had to be there. And some of you are like, I can't believe that mark, how they acted. What if I told you God made them a mark? Just like he used Judas, he used whoever... That's why you don't need to be mad at anybody. In fact, whoever you walked in church mad at tonight, tomorrow when you see him, just say, hey, thank you. 
What are you thanking me for? Oh, don't worry about it. I'm just so glad that God has used you in a mighty way in my life. And they're going to be, did he use me? Oh, yeah, he used you. Because had you not been trifling, had you not been sloppy, had you, I. Somebody trifling has to make it so the donkeys get out. Now, Saul, you got to go do what, what may seem beneath you, but it's going to teach you the power of a journey. And see, and if you handle it like this, I ain't giving you nothing. If you handle it with a, let me hear one complaint out of your mouth, stay there. Let me hear you whine one time, stay there. But I need you to realize this is a journey. This is not your final destination. Oh, my God. Come on, somebody say, I'm on a journey. This is not my final destination. So now you got to go place one, and you don't, you don't find what you're looking for. Watch me. So now that means you, you feel like a failure. You feel stupid. You feel like you're wasting your time. You feel dumb because you went back to your past and your past wouldn't have you. Some of y'all, okay, I'm going to get in your business. It's a trip because your ex don't even want you back. Huh? Y'all ain't going to say that. For some of y'all, it's a trip because the people you used to run with don't even want to run with you no more. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. The people you used to try to talk to don't even want to talk to you no more. It's crazy when your past won't even have you. So now you got to the next place. And so now, watch me, now you got these false gods. Okay, so now you listen to a song, because you listen to a song, you listen to, now, now this, watch me, music has become a god to you. Because you don't live by the word, you live by lyrics. So, so, so it, it's been a, it's become a god to you. Watch me, oh, 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 no, watch me, watch me, no, 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 no. Now sports has become your god. So you'll miss church to watch the game. Because you won't miss the game because you figure, well, I'll watch church on demand. But you ain't going to watch the game on demand. I don't like that some of y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And I'm the wrong man for that. I'm feeling extra aggressive. Ready? Oh, okay. 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 Oh, no, no, no. It, it's, not, it's not sports. No, no, no. You just play games. You just play games. You play these passive-aggressive games. You play these passive-aggressive games because you haven't decided that whatever you set your hand to, you're going to do it with all of you. So one day you, you half-ass it one day, and the next day you put all of it in. And one day you're serious, and the next day you're not serious. And one day you're on top of what you're supposed to be on, and the next day you're not on top of what you're supposed to be on. And so this has become a god to you playing games. And then you wonder why God keeps sending you children. You don't qualify for a grown man yet. Y'all ain't going to say, I'm going to preach. Huh? Nah, you don't qualify for a grown woman yet. You ready? Three idols. You ready? Three idols. Three false gods. Three false sources. Oh, 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 oh. No, I know your source. You've made, you've made money your source. You've made money your God. And so if you got a taste of money, as a matter of fact, this is all you make your decisions based off of is money. <laughs> And you'll say, oh, I'm not, I don't love money. Oh, yes, you do. Because it makes you think you're better than other people. It makes, you, it, makes you, it makes you think that you got more going on than other people. It makes you look down on other people. All right? What is the false God? Watch me. God says, now I need to make sure that, watch me, that when you're tempted with these different gods, that you don't go after them, but that you come after me. 
How many of us can keep it 100 Wednesday? 100. How many of us can keep it 100? That if we're honest, there's been a point at some point in our past where there was another idol, there was another God, there was another source, something else we were reaching for. But watch me. But all of them failed and only God remained. Come on, Wednesday. I need you to open up your mouth and say, only God remains. Come on. Only God remains. You made that relationship your God. God said, I got to snatch that down so that only God remains. You made money your God. I got to snatch that down so only God remains. So now you pass that test. Now let's go to the third place. Let's go to the third place. Third place. Third place. Watch me. Shalene. Now you got to deal with some foxes. Some jackals. I'm going to deal with some foxes. Some deceptive people. You're going to have to deal with liars and not become one. You're going to have to deal with deceivers and not become one. You're going to have to love and not get it back. You're going to have to forgive for people who never say sorry. And in fact, when they tell the story, you're trying to figure out where you're getting this from. This is not even what happened. I'm going to talk to some of you parents with a narrative that some of your kids have told about you. You're like, where is this coming from? You ready? I said, are you ready? So now you got to deal with foxes. And little foxes, little foxes, Song of Solomon says, spoil the vine. What's the vine? Jesus said, he is the vine. Which means it'll, little foxes will mess up your relationship with the Lord. Don't let people get in between you and God. Because some of y'all, you will judge God based on people. It's quiet. Fourth place. Benjamin, family, relatives, family, relatives, family, relatives. So now this third place, watch me. Say there's a journey here. So if there's no trifling person that lets the donkeys go, if the donkeys never get out, you never leave a house. If you never go on your journey, watch me. And some of you, this journey isn't physical. This journey is internal. Watch me. You never go to Ephraim. Watch me. Because sometimes you'll still wonder if your past is viable until it shuts you down. You needed them to shut you down so you'd never reach out again. You needed them to not respond so you say, I bet you ain't going to see that twice. Unsend. I bet you ain't going to message you behind again. You needed to deal with some deceivers so that you didn't take on their spirit. You needed to get to a place where you were like, God, I'm done with people. So that God would set you free from people. And he can't set you free from people until you've been frustrated by people and you don't let frustration take your praise. Oh, my God. I need everybody in the building where in the last six months you've had some stuff happen with some people that almost made you want to snap, crackle, and pop, but you still got your praise on three. Go. One, two, three. Go. Go. Still got it. Still got it. Still got a leap. Still got a clap. Still got a shout. I will bless the Lord when? 
at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Then you reach out to your relatives, to your family. You go to the cookout. They don't have no sides to cook out. And they want to dance with you all the time. They want to dance with you all the time. They want to dance with you all the time. But watch me. But after you dance, when you going to have something? After you party, when you going to have something? Look at me, 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 look at me. Are y'all really fighting over the Oreos? Watch me, watch me, watch me. Look at me, everybody look at me. You have to deal with disappointment now. Because see, who should share with you? Who should help you? Who should be there for you? Only takes. And sometimes you'll find that you get more support from strangers than you do from your own tribe. Which is why harvest, I'll say it once and I'll say it twice and I'll say it again. We are a people that build one another up. We are not a people that tear one another down. I need you to fist bump two or three people around you and say we build one another up here. We do not tear one another down. That is not my heart. That is not the spirit of the house. We are a church on campus and online that speaks life into one another. And if you need backup in the spirit, look at somebody and say, I'm your backup. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? He got everything. Now look at me. Look at me. If he's not disappointed by his own, watch me, then he becomes his own. I'm glad you were treated different. I'm glad you felt like the black sheep, pink sheep, purple sheep, unicorn, whatever you felt like. Because if you didn't, you would have stopped there. But guess who's not there? Samuel. Guess what's not there? The throne. So right there, watch me. Somebody said, I needed this journey. If these things don't happen, you never get to five. And when you get to five, he comes to five. And when he comes to five, he gets to Samuel. Samuel, watch me, he invites him to the cookout. He never gets to the cookout if all of these other things don't happen. You better hear me. God is going to use everything that has happened to you up to this point. And you were like, I don't know why this is happening to me. I know it's specific and it's strategic to make sure you're in the right place at the right time. Speak this over your next six months and I'll be in the right place at the right time. So, so look at this. So look at this. So look at this. Look at this. Um, he says, verse 19, we're going to eat there together. He says, come to the cookout. When you come to the cookout, uh, we're going to eat together. Listen, you didn't even come to eat. Ask me. You came to sow, but your seed has prepared a harvest. Your seed prepared a table for you. 
And the Bible says there's 30 leading officials that are at the table. And watch me. And Saul and the servant are the plus two. Watch me. And they said, you don't get the regular little lawn chairs like everybody else. Come on. You're going to sit at the head of the table. Which means, watch me, there are going to be people who recognize that you are not to be handled like them. Oh, my. Oh, my God. He says, and I'm going to tell you what you want to know. And what is he, watch me, um, it wasn't about the donkeys because he literally tells them, he says, don't worry in verse 20 about those donkeys. They have been found. You and your family are the focus of all of Israel's hope. There's one unknown prayer. Because what does Samuel say? I'm going to tell you what you want to know. But it's not the donkeys because he says, I'm going to tell you that when we eat at the cookout. So what he told him about the donkeys is not what he wanted to know, which means there's one prayer that we never see him pray, but we see God answer. Y'all better shout now. You ready? There's some prayers that nobody else ever knew you prayed. And you prayed in private and God's about to answer in public. I Come on, Wednesday. There's some stuff you said when you had tears running down your eyes. There's some prayers you prayed that nobody else saw. And God saw you in private, and he's about to answer in public. Somebody say, I'm a hungry wolf. Come on. Which means, God, I'm thankful for what you've done. I'm thankful that my daddy is Kish. I'm thankful that he's a wealthy and influential and powerful man. But there's got to be more for me. Please lay your hands on yourself. Say, there's got to be more for me. Say it again Wednesday. There's got to be more for me. And God says, God says I'm going to answer your private prayer publicly. I'm, I'm going to honor your private sacrifices publicly. You didn't ask to be at the table. You didn't ask to sit at the head of the table. You're just trying to find these donkeys. You didn't, you didn't ask for all of that. But what you did ask for was more. What you did ask for is, God, if you spared me, you had to spare me for more than paying bills, having babies, and tying. Can I get you to encourage somebody? You're going to touch the neighbor at least four more times tonight. This is the interactive message. You touch them on the shoulder and say, there is more for you. Come on, tell them. Say, you're bigger than your zip code. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Come on. Tell them. Say, you're bigger than your city. Tell them. Say, you're bigger than one piece of property. Come on. Say, you're bigger than one state. Come on. Tell them. Say, there's more for you. Say, there's more for you. tells him, come on, we got to go, we got to go. He, he says, he says, um, don't worry about those donkeys, they've been found. You and your family are the focus of all of Israel's hopes. You and your family are the focus of all of Israel's hopes. Say, this is bigger than me. I let this one trifling person let these donkeys out. I keep watch over the donkeys, so if they got out, I let them out. I, I let them do that so that you would go, one, Two, three, four. So you get invited to the cookout. And when you get to the cookout, I'm going to tell you that all of this that you think is all about you, Saul, is bigger than you. Because the throne I'm about to give you is for my special treasure. Israel is my special people. Which Somebody say, my life is bigger than me. 
see, you'll always feel hopeless if you think it's only about you. Hope comes when you realize, no, I'm here for something bigger than me. See, you might be sitting next to somebody right now that your one touch may be all they need to keep fighting. So would you do it for me, please? Would you just fist bump them and say, it's bigger than me. It's... But Saul replied, Saul replied, Saul replied, Saul replied. He says, but I'm only from, in other words, I'm only from, see, watch me. I rebuke your limiting conversation. You're limiting, but I only have this. Remove the word only, because what you have is what you need. Say, I have everything that I need. Come on, y'all, we got to go. He says, I'm only from the smallest tribe. Why would God want who's going to be the most important man to come from the smallest tribe? Can I take a personal privilege? Why would God want one man he's about to use in a greater way to come from a place where they say church planners are not supposed to. It's a personal privilege. You don't have to say nothing right there. Watch me. God says, I wanted who I'm going to use to come from a background that doesn't suggest I should use them. So when I use them, they can't say anybody did it. But He made it so that when you rise, they're going to say, oh, God must be with her. God must be with him. Because we saw them when they got started. But look at what they got now. We saw them when they were just beginning. They started at the bottom. I wish you'd open up your mouth and say, God chose me on purpose. He says, I'm from the smallest tribe. My family, listen, is the least important. They're the least important. Why are you talking like this? What? King. King. Why are you talking this? When I'm eating off paper plates. How are you talking multiple pieces of property? And I'm trying to figure out where my next ride coming from. I, how are you talking seven-figure business and I'm frustrated with my six-figure one? How? Why are you talking like this to me? Y'all ready? Say one conversation. <laughs> it's going to be one conversation that changes everything for you. Verse 22. Whenever you see two, that means you're about to witness something. Samuel placed them at the head of the table. Here's the shout. Who was with Samuel? Oh, excuse me, with Saul, a servant. What's the servant's name? You don't know. But if you go through the process with me, you get rewarded. Everybody that suffered with you is about to reign with you. Everybody that was your ride or die is about to be your ride or thrive. Y'all ready? Bring up a chair. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. Bible says he placed them. Move over. He placed them at the head of the table. Which means simply by virtue of who you connected to, you're about to sit at some tables. See, the same favor that's on the house is going to be the same favor that's on you. You're going to be invited to some tables and they're going to have to move over and make room. Place him at the head of the table. When he places him at the head of the table, next part, when he places him at the head of the table, let's go. The Bible says that the cook brought in the meat 
And he said, go ahead and eat it. I was saving it for you. Now, because this is a cookout, and I, um, you know, was reared in the South, the meat is going to be some hot links. He says, and not a smoked sausage, <laughs> and not a bratwurst. The packet says, hot links. Ready? He says, the cook brought in the meat, and he said, go ahead, I was saving it for you, Saul. And he says, I was saving it for you before I ever invited anybody else that's sitting at the table. Which means, if that trifling person never releases the donkeys when they do. See, God is so into you, the timing is perfect. They started chipping with you just at the right time. Things started changing just at the right time. You felt a shift just at the right time. You changed your mind just at the right time. He says, I was saving it for you. If all of this doesn't happen, he doesn't meet Samuel. Because the Bible says that he literally walks up to Samuel, doesn't even know that Samuel. He says, oh, you caught him at the right time because he's heading up to get ready to go to the cookout. If you, if you were one minute off, you would have not ran into Samuel. Come on, say this Wednesday. Say, right place, right time. Look at me. Verse 24. The cook brought it to me. Go ahead, eat it. I was saving it for you, Saul. First Samuel 10, 22. Now, they, are you good at trying to open the package? Listen. No, that's all right. No, no, that's all right. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. All right. So, so the next day comes. Saul comes out. Sam, or Samuel comes out. Who's Samuel? Man of God. Who are you in the story? Saul. They have a big meeting. Call everybody together. Hey, everybody. Shalom, everybody. I say shalom, but they're Hebrews. Shalom, everybody. Uh, we're about to have something we've never had before. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> and the saint said, well. <laughs> look at me. Look at me. Um, I need to make an announcement to y'all because everything's about to change. And they're like, ooh, 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 it's about to change, it's about to change. They said, um, there's, where is he at? And the Bible says that while Saul is making, or Samuel is making this announcement, that Saul is not in place. In fact, the Bible says that he goes and Saul hides behind the baggage. What's his baggage? He's an insecure introvert. You keep saying this is my personality as if it's a badge of honor. You, look at me. How many of you, you've ever said about yourself, you know, this is just, that's just who I am. That's just how I am. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Then what is the point of God if all you're going to do is put a God badge on the old person? The point of God is so that I give him who I am, and he's the potter, I'm the clay. He changes me to make me who he wants me to be. My natural personality, my, natu my, na my former natural personality is shy. He's talking about yes. <laughs> it is shy. I can remember having conversations with people, and I used to perspire really heavily. Oh, but the Lord made a way. 
But I would be, I would be so nervous talking to people, and I would have sweat. To, but when you put me on a stage, I would come alive. But then I get off that stage, I was like, whoa, whoa, people, whoa, what's going on here? These are people, <laughs> and people are peopling. <laughs> but what I'm called to do demands a different version of me. And the Spirit of the Lord will take control, and you shall become a... What if God was like, I don't care how you used to be. I'm turning you into who I need you to be. I know you used to not like dealing with women, but you're called to them, so get over it. I know you don't like dealing with people, but you're called to them, so get over it. I know you don't like being around a bunch of folks, but you're called to them. I want somebody to say, get over it, please. They care nothing about your baggage. So he's insecure and he's introverted. And he's hiding amongst the baggage. What are you hiding behind? Oh, you're hiding behind. I'm too old, Bishop. Baggage! I'm too young, Bishop. Baggage! Bishop, I'm not the right race. Baggage! Bishop, I'm not tall enough. Baggage! Bishop, I'm not short enough. Baggage! Bishop, I got too many mistakes in my past. Baggage! Bishop, but I got these kids. I can't do it with kids. Baggage! You, watch me, as a single parent, you ought to be able to learn how to do more than anybody else. Because I think there are some people that have had to be single parents in this building and online where you learn how to do this, that, this, that, this, that, and that. You ready? Look at me. Well, Bishop, I can't do it. I can't do it. We're having marital issues. Baggage. Bishop, I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because of that. All this baggage. Bishop, I can't do it because I got bad credit. Baggage. Bishop, I can't do it. Won't nobody invest in me. Invest in yourself. Baggage. He is hiding behind and among the baggage. You ready? But the Bible says that the Lord tells them. There he is. Look at me. 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 Every time you try to hide behind baggage, See, some of y'all, you keep that, I'm just going to fall back right now. God's not in, he ain't into that. God is into that, come out, come out, come out, <laughs> wherever you are. Watch me, because there's a stage I've prepared for you. There's an, um, watch me, there's a seat I've prepared for you. And I don't care nothing about your baggage. Well, Bishop, I still struggle with this, and... He that is without sin cast the first stone. Ain't nobody got a rock in their head in the building or online. Still with me? So they bring him forth. They bring him forth. They anoint him. They make him king. And I want you to listen to these last couple of verses. 1 Samuel 10, 25. Samuel told the people what the rights and duties of a king were. Mm -mm, you're not listening. This is all new. They've never had a king before. So he says, I'm about to teach you all how your next six months are going to be. Because for some of you, you won't be living where you live now. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You, you won't be in the same scenario that you're in now. So everything's about to be new for you. So I need, you're not used to uh, having attention on you like this, so. You're not used to everybody looking to you. Somebody say, it's all new. 
but it's all God. Oh, my God. Come on, Wednesday, we got to go. Say it's all new, but it's all God. What do you mean? I need to teach y'all how to be subject to a king, and then I need to teach you what a king is. All of this is going to be new. I, I need to teach you how to be debt-free. I, I need, I, watch me, I need to teach you how not to be so, uh, so ticklish. What do you mean? When people mess with you, they, it's like tickling you. They want a response from you. And sometimes you need to stop being ticklish. I, I, I need to teach you, watch me, how to deal with pressure. I need to, t- I, 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 this is all new. Here's what the Bible says. Look at the next verse. We got to go. Next verse says, and a group of men whose heart God had touched went with him. (laughs) Say, who's all coming? God says, I'm not letting everybody come because I don't want everybody. I am only going to touch the hearts of the ones that are necessary. Y'all better talk to me tonight, Wednesday. There are some people that you were like, I just know so-and-so is going to do this. And God is like, "Mm -mm. I don't like her attitude. I don't like his attitude. But who's supposed to come? Somebody say, who's all coming? That's tonight's message, by the way. Who's all coming? Because before you go to any cookout, before you go to any cookout, I don't know about you, but before I go anywhere, I want to know who's all coming. I need to know who's going to be there. Because I don't have time to be around negative people. I don't have time to be around people who always want to complain. I don't have time to be around people who never have anything good to say. I don't have time to be around people who want to sit up and gossip. I don't have time to be around people who want to sit up and be negative. Somebody say, who's all coming? Verse 26, a group of men whose hearts God had touched went with him. Which means, somebody said, everybody can't go. And say this, and everybody don't need to go. Go where? In your next six. Say, in my next six. Now watch me. Look at verse 27. But there were some scoundrels. You didn't took it out of my mouth. Oh, skeezers. Scallywags. Scoundrels. See, it has that S on the end because they're snakes. They're double-tongued. They talk out of one side over here and on another side over here. But there were some scoundrels. Say scoundrels. Here's who's not coming with you in your next six months. The word scoundrels there means sons of Belial. What does that mean? It means evil. What does evil mean? Contrary to. It means there are some people who are around you that they are really contrary to you. And the truth is you know who they are. You just like to give them the benefit of the doubt when they don't really add much benefit. You know who they are. You know who when you're saying something you can feel their resistance. You ready? Ungodly. Which means they're not thinking about the things of God. They're thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about the plan of God. They're thinking about themselves. Wicked. 
look at these last two. Without profit. What is profit? Profit is what you have left over after you've had expenses. Revenue comes in, expenses go out, profit's what's left. You ready? Bible says they take more than they bring. They create more drama than they help solve problems. They stir up issues. Has anybody met some scoundrels? What's <laughs> you met both of them. Right. Worthless. Now, I want you to pay close attention. Bible says, but there were some worthless, wicked, evil, ungodly people. But I don't really know. Well, here's how you can identify them. What did they do? First thing, they complained. Scoundrels complain. And what is a complaint? You're announcing a problem and presenting no solution. Scoundrel! Ooh. Can we keep it 100, Wednesday? How many of us have ever done that before? My hand's up. My hand's up. I've done it. I don't like this. I got a problem. And you have no solution. That's scoundrel behavior. Say, Lord, forgive me for being a scoundrel. Watch me. They complained. This is the second thing they did. They scorned him. What does this mean? They were unpleasant to deal with. Here's how you know you're scoundrels. Is that you loathe dealing with them. And the reason you loathe dealing with them is because there is never any winning with them. You cannot reason with who's unreasonable. I'm talking about it. They're unpleasant to deal with. And, and not because they challenge you to be better, but because they're like a black hole. They suck the energy. They're unpleasant. They walk in, how you doing? <sighs> You say shalom. Huh. Well, the Lord so should have did something to make me shalom. Good morning. I don't want to hear all that. Unpleasant to do with. Here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. It's quiet, but I slowed it down because I want to make sure we get it. And they refused to bring him gifts. Praise the Lord, everybody. What does this mean? They dishonored him. You got a nation full of people who honor him. And the scoundrels say, I ain't doing that. I ain't giving nothing. As if they're hurting Saul. Because he's king. What are you? A scoundrel. Scallywag. me. They complain, they scorn, and they refuse to honor. So it wasn't even about the gift, it was about the honor. If the whole nation's bringing gifts, and you want the same thing from the man, but you won't do what everybody else is doing for the man. It's like somebody coming to you and said, let me pick your brain. Watch me. 
they'll go pay somebody else to pick their brain. And they want to pick your brain. Ooh. Ooh. They'll go buy everybody else's product and let you start a business. They want theirs for free. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. I, I, I'm trying. They want the hookup for everybody. They're going to give Louis Vuitton $4,000 and then fighting with over $35 for a T-shirt from you. We supposed to be family, which is why I'm confused as to why you want it for free. Y'all quiet now. We about to move on. <laughs> now, let's keep it 100, everybody. How many of us can be honest? We already, most of us agreed that at some point we've complained. We offered problems. How many of us can be honest that sometimes we've been unpleasant? Come on, my hand's up. My hand's up. There are sometimes... That people make you. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. We've all been up, how many, how many of us can be honest that we all, come on, let's be honest, that we all have intentionally dishonored at some point? Now, yep, I know, but I'm not. We all have. Here's the deal. So some of what you deal with, you ready? Isn't the devil. It's a harvest. Because you got to reap what you sow. Father, forgive us for ever being scoundrels, complaining without a solution, being unpleasant to deal with, and being dishonorable. Come on, Wednesday, we're about to go. I only got one last thing to say to you. Say, Lord, forgive us for acting as scoundrels. Forgive us for sowing what we do not want to reap. We're mature enough to ask you to forgive us. But in these next six months, not only will we not be scoundrels, but no scoundrels are coming with us. We're headed to our best. And these next six months will be our best six months. And these next six months will be our best six months. Put a praise in the atmosphere right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bishop, how do I handle scoundrels? Look right here on the screen. But Saul ignored them. Let me hear what the Lord has been teaching me over the last 12 months. And we'll be honest. Um, I, I used to be one that um, because I have a PhD in uh, pediology. Some of y'all were in the class too. Um, you got degrees too. And what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? When I say that for me, what I mean by that is that I, I don't typically like to let little things, because big doors swing on small hinges. So I typically like to make, and that's how you improve excellence. So there's a side of it that is about improving excellence. And there's a side of it that's like, so on the last 12 months, you know, the Lord, the Lord is, he was saying, he said, son, I just need you to ignore them. And I was like, sir, you want me? He said, son, this is what he said. If you put your energy into the scoundrels, 
you will never move to success. I need everybody to hear me. Here's what you're going to have to learn how to do these next six months. Watch me. So everybody else got gifts. You singles come and grab a gift and bring Saul a gift. And one of y'all don't have no gift. Wrestle it. Everybody got a gift. See how this works? This worked out great. Come on. Now one of y'all don't have a gift. Who ain't going to have a gift? You ain't got a gift. You can't have a gift. Put your gift down. And see, and you the last one up here and ain't got no gift. You ready? No, I'm just messing with you. I'm giving you a good thing. Watch me. If you don't pay attention to what's for you, you will let this one thing. You do my, ain't nobody helping me except all the people that are. Come on, I need you to elbow somebody. Y'all, we got to go. We are over time. But please elbow somebody and say you have more for you than you do against you. He brought a gift, and she 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 brought a gift. She the only one didn't bring a gift. And you know what most of us do? We ignore all them, and you focused on this one. You mad. What you arguing for? You're mad because this one didn't do right. So pay attention. Everybody look at me. So then to the ones that do right, you send the message that if you want attention, don't do right. Some of you are like, why my I'll help you get your kids together. Stop paying attention to the one and start paying attention to the ones doing their homework, eating their little cheese sandwich, cleaning up their room, doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah, the cheese sandwich. Lunchables. <laughs> what a the cheese sandwich. Watch me. You're paying attention to the one friend. Think about it. Some of y'all, your whole conversation after the cookout was about this one. Your whole conversation after the cookout was about how there was all meat and no sides. And you missed the fact that there was meat. And some people don't have meat to eat. Somebody was telling me a story. You, 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 watch me. You're paying attention to this. You're ignoring this. So then what happens? In your next six months, you don't see your best because you focused on who was worse. But well, we going home, buddy, you. But that's not going to be your story. Come on, Wednesday, say, but I choose to ignore the scoundrels. Say, everybody's not invited to the cookout. Everybody's not invited into my future. This is by invitation only. And my next six months are going to be my best six months. And I'm glad about it. Come on, Wednesday. I need you to put a praise in the building. And online if you believe your next six. Wait a minute. 
No music, just voices. For those of you that believe your next six months are going to be your best six months in the building and online. Put your praise in the atmosphere. Go, go, go. Hey. And your name's going to be brought up. And favor's going to find you. And opportunities going to open for you. And debts are going to be canceled for you. And you're going to be sitting at the head and not the tail. You'll be above only and never beneath. And I'm glad about it. I wish you'd open up your mouth and say, these next six months, say, I'll be recognized. Say, I'll be overbooked when I used to be overlooked. Come on, y'all. Come on, say, these next six months, God's bringing the best out of me. God's putting the best around me. And I'm glad about it. Now, don't wait until you get to the end of the year. I need you to go find five people in the building and just go fist bump them and tell them I'm excited about your next six. Online, you type it in the comments. I know we're over time, but I got to make sure you ignore the scoundrels. I got to make sure you ignore the scoundrels. I got to make sure you ignore the haters. I got to make sure you ignore who's not clapping for you. I got to make sure you ignore who's not celebrating you. I got to make sure you ignore who don't show up. I got to make sure you ignore who quits you. I got to make sure you ignore who walks away from you. I got to make sure you ignore who's not wanting to see you win. Because if God be for you, I want to know who's going to be against you. I need you to lean over on somebody and say, God's leaning in your direction. And say, these next six months are going to pay you back with interest. Say, harvest come forth. Say, harvest come forth. Say, harvest come forth. I'm ignoring you. I saw what you said. I'm ignoring you. I saw what you typed. I'm ignoring you. I saw your little click. I'm ignoring you. I saw you trying to block me. I'm ignoring you. I saw you trying to stop me. I'm ignoring you. I saw you said it wouldn't work. I'm ignoring you. I saw your negativity. I'm in. But Saul. But Saul ignored them. Ignored in Hebrew means this. He plowed. Come on. He kept plowing. In other words, Saul was like, I, oh, you don't like me? Oh, okay. You know sad? Mm -mm. That's your problem with me. And if you really wanted to fix it, you would have talked to me. You didn't want to, so neither do I. I got to keep plowing. I rebuke you being distracted. I rebuke some of you need to put some people in your phone on, don't block them all the way. Some of them blue texts going to go green. Why, why do you need, why? why? Because, because the scripture says you need to know the moves of your enemy. 
Some of you, you don't even block them, you just mute them. Some of you, you do need to full block. You just need to say, you know what? No, this is a full. But Bishop, they just keep bothering me. No, you keep paying attention. I know I'm way over time, but is this helping anybody? Because see, if we don't learn this, we'll get to the end of December. And you'll be talking about, I should have. That's not happening this year. Hear me Facebook, hear me YouTube. That's not happening this year. Father, we will ignore the scoundrels. And Father, don't let us be scoundrels. Don't let us complain without a solution. Don't, don't let us be unpleasant to deal with. Don't, don't, don't let us not be dishonorable. Don't let us be evil. Don't let us be worthless. Don't let us be wicked. Some of you owe your spouses an apology because you've been a scoundrel to be married to. I said what I said. Some of you owe your pastor an apology because you've been a scoundrel of a sheep. Some of you owe friends, family members, co-workers an apology. Say, you know what? Look. I was funky yesterday. <laughs> Not literally. <laughs> Figuratively speaking. With your heads bowed, eyes closed in this building online. If you need to become a Christian for the first time, recommit yourself to the Lord. Or be sure wherever you're at, Lord, say God loves you. Here's what I love about the Word of God Harvest is that while we're looking at other people, we cannot ignore ourselves. And wherever you're at tonight, if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself a little or be sure. Wherever you're at on the count of three, just throw that hand up or do the hand wave emoji if you're in, uh, online. Do the hand wave emoji you said to me if you're in the building. You just raise your hand. You become a Christian, recommit yourself a little or be sure. In the building, you're going to raise your hand. Online, do the hand wave emoji or say it's me. Say, my next six will be my best six. But that can't be true for you if you don't know the God of best and the God of better. That's you on three. Hands up in the building. Do the hand wave emoji says me online. One, no guilt, no condemnation, no sin. Two, God's coming to get you tonight. Three, if that's you, hands up in the building. Online, do the hand wave emoji say it's me. Hallelujah. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian. From this day forward, in Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself to the Lord, would you take out your mobile phone, scan that QR code on the screen, or text the word DECISION to 877-552-4746, or you are more than welcome um, to uh, scan that QR code. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word DECISION to 877-552-4746, and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next.
We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.